0: Hi, and welcome to the What on Earth Can We Do podcast, the show where we chat with environmental leaders from across Alberta to figure out what on earth we can do to take action against climate change and protect our environment. I'm your host, Bree Hewitt, Communications and Engagement Specialist at the Alberta Emerald Foundation, and today we're talking about textile waste with Sarah Jansen from Blenders Garment Recyclers. Every year, North Americans send 10 million tons of clothing to the landfill, with the average person throwing away 81 pounds of textiles annually. 95% of the clothes that end up in the landfill can be either reused, upcycled, or repurposed. When these clothing items end up in the landfill, it can take over 200 years for them to decompose. Having clothes decompose in the landfill might seem like a solution to our textile waste problem, but it actually creates an even bigger problem. During the decomposition process, textiles generate greenhouse methane gas and leach toxic chemicals and dyes into our groundwater and soil. When these methane gases make their way into the atmosphere, it affects various aspects of our climate, including surface air and ocean temperatures, precipitation, and sea levels. So how did textile waste become a problem? We'll get into that in detail a bit later, but a couple of causes are fast fashion and rapid industrialization. Today's guest, Sarah Jansen, is working to solve our textile waste problem through her zero waste, zero export thrift store, Blenders Garment Recyclers. Blenders was named the recipient in the waste management category sponsored by the Alberta Recycling Management Authority at the 31st Annual Emerald Awards. For those of you who haven't heard of the Emerald Awards before, it's an awards program that showcases organizations, projects, and individuals across Alberta who are raising the bar in addressing environmental and climate change issues. Now that you know a little bit more about our guest, let's dive into today's topic. Hi Sarah, thanks so much for chatting with me today.
1: Thanks for having me. So my first question, to give a little context before we jump into the conversation is, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about Blender's Garment Recyclers?
2: Sure. Uh, My name is Sarah Johnson. I am a supply chain management professional. My background is in chemistry and I've worked in all areas of uh, distribution, manufacturing, uh, purchasing, customs compliance. And logistics. So, I have a really strong uh, international trade and uh, movement of stuff background. So, that's, that's me. I currently own Blenders Garment Recyclers. I started it to solve a huge problem that I saw.
1: That's awesome. And so great to hear about your background and with the supply chain that fits so perfectly with with the topic of textile waste. And and no wonder that you started Blenders. You you saw a little bit behind the curtain and wanted to take action against that, which I think is great. So getting right into the meat and potatoes of this conversation, where does the textile waste problem come from? What are its causes?
2: So textile waste is a It's a very broad problem. So the beginning of textile waste can happen at manufacturing and how that material is manufactured and made. Um, And then to the production of fashion and how the fast fashion system works and how they're just trying to push out designs with low quality and cheap materials that don't last. Um, And then So the waste happens there when they're cutting out material. So that's post-production waste for textiles. So, um, or they'll have a production run that doesn't even make it to the stores and it just goes straight into the landfill or it's designed so badly that it can't be worn. So it goes into landfill and that happens more than you would think. There's a couple other podcasts out there called um, The Clothes Horse Podcast. And those are two designers that talk about that side of the industry. I deal with the post-consumer textile industry um, from like typical everyday consumers like you and me for clothing. There is post-consumer, like post-industry consumer stuff like hotel linens, hotel towels and stuff like that. So there's a, another big industry waste there. But I, my lane is um, secondhand clothing and the waste that happens there. So it's pretty multifaceted. And it being said that there's that many areas for waste to occur. um, There is a lot of textile waste.
1: Yeah, that's interesting to hear that it's not just post consumer, there's so many other avenues of waste that are created that, you know, if I hadn't researched a bit before the podcast, I, I wouldn't have known about you don't think about the waste that you create when you're you know, designing products and manufacturing them. You know, I, I sew myself and even the tiny little scraps that I come up with after creating a skirt or something. I think that that's overwhelming to me, but multiply that problem by, I I can't even come up with a number. It's probably so big. It's, it's, it's alarming and concerning to, to hear that level of waste on top of, you know, there's food waste and there's, there's tons of other types of waste, but textile plastic waste. Yeah. There's some. There's just so much. And to know that a, a lot of it is coming from textiles and that it's not just the goods you see in the thrift store. There's so much other textile waste out there.
2: That, so the waste that I am involved in trying to tackle right now, which is the post-consumer uh, household waste, is uh, that is also very, very staggering. Uh, and how, how it's sort of being currently dealt with um, it's a very linear system where um, you know a consumer or person would go and buy an item of clothing you know at the grocery store or at any of the major chain stores and then they would wear it and then they would outgrow it because of course we all change shapes and that is totally normal and natural so um then they would donate it to um a thrift store usually, or put it in one of those bins that is going to a thrift store. And then the thrift stores um, are responsible for managing what happens to it next. And right now the the chain is very linear. So it is, um, it goes to the thrift store. It may or may not even get onto the thrift store floor um, depending on the volume, the brand, the thrift store, um, and then it will be packaged up and exported or sent to a grading house where it is like where then it is sorted again and graded. Um, so a lot of those grading houses are in Ontario, or the exporters will pick up from the thrift stores directly from their doors. So this is this is happening in Edmonton, Saskatoon, Calgary, every small place. So And then, so the problem with that is that they're being exported to countries that don't always have the resources to deal with the waste. So much like our culture, not everybody is going to want everything. And like the amount is staggering. We can talk about numbers in a bit, Um, but they don't want, like people are people, you know, Um, they're not going to wear the thing that's misshapen or stained or missing buttons or or whatever, because there is a huge volume of steel clothes that are still really good to wear. So those items end up in their landfills. And that's the problem. That's how the stuff is getting into their landfills. And that's where we're seeing these large landfills of clothing.
1: And that's where it's coming from. And that leads me into my next question, which is how does post-consumer textile waste affect the environment?
2: In terms of environmental impact, so you've got the carbon emissions just from the transport of the goods. Then you have the um, like the burning of it. So when it gets to the markets, the secondhand markets in the different countries, it is either burnt with no emission like emission control. Uh, so um, toxic fumes are going into the air from the because the, clothes have a lot of plastic in them um if it's uh nylon or polyester um, or anything like that so it's putting those uh carbon emissions in from the toxic chemicals and also the uh, the amount of landfill space that's being taken up by all the clothing that's being sent there so that's all has to end up somewhere in a landfill somewhere because clothing doesn't disintegrate or evaporate or anything like that. So it goes into, a, if it doesn't get burnt, it goes into a landfill. Um, and then the chemicals in the landfill, so you've got a lot of microplastics that get into the environment there, or it just gets into the waterways, which I, I posted a picture of it the other day, again, to just show like, this is actually real, this is happening. They call them tentacles. So they're fabric tentacles. And you know, when you wash something in the laundry, it um, can get tangled up sometimes. So that happens with um, a huge amount of textiles in the ocean and the waterways. And they can be like kilometers long. So, yes, the tentacles are really bad for the environment. And then um There are stories of the landfills catching fire, so we're, the textiles are contributing to that. And the yeah, the I think we were talking earlier before the podcast on how long these things take to decompose. So, um, for one of our our stats we did last year, we we saved eighty one tons from the landfill, and that was equal to I think, eight. Olympic sized swimming pools. So this is one thrift store, nine months, 81 tons, eight Olympic sized swimming pools, eight Olympic sized swimming pools. Um, polyester takes two, 20 to 200 years to decompose, and nylon is 30 to 40 years. And so, um, so most clothing will have something in it that takes that long to decompose. There are technology. There's technologies being developed to sort of change this, but for now, they're very expensive and not cost effective to get the plastics out of our clothes. So for now, I if people are really really concerned, I recommend like linen, denim, wool, because linen lin, linen decomposes in two weeks. Denim is ten to twelve months wool is one to five years, so they can actually go into like a compost system and create better earth so we can like grow food and stuff. Um, It's just, yeah, it's the synthetic fabrics that are in our clothing that, (laughs) we're just creating this mound of unusable, we're we're taking resources from our system and making them unusable, so.
1: Yeah, it sounds like the problem is baked into so many other things than just the landfill. I think that's the most tangible thing for us to think about: is clothes going to the landfill? It's bad because of the the toxins that are leaking into groundwater and the ocean and and things like that. But it's like you mentioned, also in how do we get those clothes to the landfill? How do we get them into these other countries? There's emissions associated with, with the boats and the and the trucks and things like that. So I think that it's it's a bigger issue than people um think of at first. So it's 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 alarming to hear, but I think it's important to education is power. And so by having this knowledge, then we can take action and and move forward and, you know, hopefully make a change for the better. I I know Blenders, Blenders is taking action against this problem. So maybe can you talk a little bit about how Blenders is taking action against textile waste and maybe how people can take action against textile waste in their own life, even if they don't live in Edmonton and are close to Blenders?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I know that not everybody has time to upcycle their own stuff or do crafts um, with their own things. Uh, So our first suggestion to people is to give their clothes to their neighbors, their friends, host a a free swap um, just to try and keep the clothing circulated. The second thing would be mending. Uh, Maybe instead of watching TV on Friday nights, just pull out the sewing machine and watch TV. Put the sewing machine in the living room. Put on your coffee table and... Try to do a little bit of mending and you know what it doesn't have to be perfect nobody's going to see it like, and if you want people to see it do the visible mending and make it pretty like another thing you can do is. uh, You can make the traditional crafts, so something that will last a long time Uh, we do rugs um, and they're just uh, braided rugs. Uh, rag rugs are a really great way to use up material. Kids clothes, baby clothes. Like if you do so, um, yeah, start a hobby and it's fine to like, it's better that you get some enjoyment, emotional stimulation, um, dexterity training for your hands, whatever, by trying to upcycle your clothes or make a, something out of them then what is going to happen to them if you donate them? Um, Because, you know, there's a large chance it'll end up in the landfill in another country. Yes, they got 20 cents for it, but all this bad stuff happened to the planet because of it. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Like your item doesn't have to be perfect. Um,
1: Yeah, those are great tips. I think that... I really like the tip for, cause some people who might not sew, maybe that option of doing a clothing swap is, is more approachable for them. But also I think YouTube is a really amazing tool to, when I was first starting to sew, I did take sewing classes when I was uh, quite young, but when I want to do something and I have no idea how to do it, I go to YouTube and I say, how can I mend this giant hole in my partner's pants? Uh, and then you can just do it yourself. And even if you don't have the skills right now, and maybe you're not in Edmonton, you don't have access to the classes from blenders. YouTube is great, but also take a, take a peek and see in your community what's going on. There might be mending classes um, or just reach out to someone on social media who might know how to sew and ask them to mentor you.
2: Totally. There's a lot of local guilds for different things too. And you'll like find so many crafty people there that just, they feel that they know of this and they feel the same way.
1: Yeah. So now that we kind of chatted a bit about what people individually can do, do you want to share a bit about what Blenders is doing to tackle the the textile waste problem So some
2: of the things that blenders does is we have the mending night where you can come and meet with other people who mend, you can use our supplies and stuff like that. And we just share our skills and mend the things that you need to get mended. The other thing we do is learn to sew. It's two and a half hours and it's $35. So it's a low commitment and we just get you behind your machine. And like, if you haven't sewn in a while we just sort of get you over that hump. And get you going so you can sew all the things that you want and then we do rag rug classes so that's to use up like sheets and anything cotton we do the t-shirt rug classes and that's like um potholder style so anything stretchy so all that stuff we talked about before that takes like 200 years in the landfill to decompose We uh, make a rug, so the rug could possibly last that long on your floor, so it's like an heirloom. Um, But no, those are really cute gifts and they last a long time. And then we do poofs, which are stuffed with 25 pounds of shredded material from stuff that can't be used in any of our other products. So like the single mitten or the, um, yeah, just the thing that can't, can't go into any of our other products.
1: Yeah, I think those are, knowing that you're using these unusable textiles, you know, 25 pounds for the poofs and, and I can't remember quite the other, uh, the amounts for all the other products, but knowing that you're taking unusable textiles and putting them into something else to uh, prolong their lifespan is, is fantastic. And I wonder if you could touch on a little bit about the uh, pay by the pound store and how that is helping to reduce textile waste.
2: Right. So the items that are still good to wear, we're not going to upcycle or recycle those items. So we just, we make them available to the public for really low cost. So basically, (coughs) excuse me, we just put them on tables. Um, Other stores have bins. So we put them on tables and people can just come through and sort of, it's a jumble, like a jumble sale. Um, But they just sort through this stuff that they want and then we weigh it at the end so we sell it by the pound. And that's a good way to keep our overhead costs down and also for people to find some really good items. You do have to be willing to put in the time to go through all the items, but uh definitely you can find some really good stuff and it's it's very low cost.
1: Yeah, no, that's great to hear that there's so many different streams of keeping textiles out of the landfill through blenders, whether it be by the pay by the pound store, or whether you're doing one of your classes to take those unusable textiles and put them into products and and upcycle them. So I, I think that this is a really inspiring and positive story for people to hear and know that there are people in our communities who are taking action against textile waste and and educating others and providing tangible and approachable options for an everyday person to to join the fight against climate change and against textile waste. So I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me today and and chat about textile waste and and I'm really excited for for people to hear this and to figure out some ways to educate themselves and figure out ways that they can take action in their own lives.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope you learned more about textile waste, why it's a problem, and how we can work together to solve it. If you'd like to learn more, check out the resources in the show notes. The What on Earth Can We Do podcast is a program of the Alberta Emerald Foundation, a nonprofit charity that showcases, inspires, and empowers Alberta's environmental achievements. To learn more about the Alberta Emerald Foundation, head to our website, emeraldfoundation.ca, or follow us on social media At Alberta Emerald. A big thank you to our sponsors the City of Edmonton, the Government of Alberta, Syncrude, operated by Sencor, Alberta Beverage Container Recycling Corporation and Beverage Container Management Board, Capital Power, the City of Calgary, Dow Canada, and the Alberta Forest Products Association.